joke check. Now, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. <laughs> Everything pharmacy. Uh, my name is Dr. Richard Waith. I'm a community pharmacist. Uh, I'm going to start by telling you about myself and then we're going to go into a uh, presentation that I created and then uh, at the end I'm going to open it up. I like that it's kind of small. I don't know how many people come but I want to open it up for like a Q&A session um, to really like answer any and all questions as, as much as I can um, because it might be an opportunity for you to ask some questions that uh, judging by like hearing of what the type of people were here before me and give presentations, I would love to be able to answer some of the questions that maybe you, you either didn't think was a good idea to ask them or, or whatever the case may be. So I have zero connections to any sort of admissions, like, you know, committees and things like that. Um, my goal is to try to give you as best as information as possible so, you know, you can be a successful pharmacist. Cool, so um, to start off a little unconventional, uh, my slides for my presentation is on Instagram. So who has Instagram, you got Instagram? Not yet? You'll get it one day. <laughs> Who wants to pull up an Instagram for, uh, to get the slides out? So if you go to RX Radio, which is a podcast I run, you'll be able to find the slides there. And we'll follow along. And uh, you focus on studying, huh? That's, what, that's your thing. It's like, I'm not doing Instagram, I'm studying. Any social media at all? Yeah, Facebook. Facebook, okay. I got to put them off. I'm, next time, I'm going to do Facebook. I'm just because of you. I don't remember that. All right. So those are slides there. Don't peek ahead, we'll, we'll follow together, and then uh, it's gonna, and don't look at the other, there's a bunch of funny stuff on the Instagram too, so stay focused, <laughs> all right? So, a little bit about myself. Uh, I was raised in Miami, um, however, I was born in New Jersey, but I came to Miami when I was one, so I have zero recollection of what New Jersey was like. Uh, raised in Miami my entire life. I uh, went to Florida International University, uh, where I got a degree in chemistry. I was pretty involved on campus there, I was in a fraternity. Uh, had a couple positions on campus, did a lot of community service. And uh, then I went over to University of Florida, College of Pharmacy in the Orlando campus. And uh, that's where I really kind of took off with like leadership roles. And I was the president of my class for a couple years, vice regent of Kappa Psi. I was a president of uh, something called the PLS, which is the Pharmacy Leadership Society um, for a couple years. In school, I did an internship with Target Pharmacy at the time and uh, spent the, the beginning of my career with them. They got bought out by CVS and then I ended up switching to my current uh, community pharmacy chain. And then things started taking a turn where when I, after I graduated, I started seeing a couple things that I wanted to do. Um, when I, once I got out into the field, I started seeing there's so many opportunities and so many things that uh, need to be fixed or need help. And I started taking that out, um, kind of taking that like that ownership of that. And um, I created a company called Medvise, which is a personal medication management company. Basically provides consulting services uh, to people that are taking uh, multiple medications that need like individualized help. And then I also created um, RX Radio, which is a podcast um, dedicated to our profession. And uh, on the podcast, there's interviews with international pharmacists and there's interviews with a lot of unconventional pharmacists as well, like transplant pharmacy, oncology, and that kind of thing. So um, jumping right, uh, right towards the presentation. Valentine's Day, right? Thought that was fitting, right? Love, right? So uh, uh, if you ask a lot of specifically, especially community pharmacists and maybe pharmacists in other industries, but if you ask a lot of pharmacists right now, they'd probably tell you they never, they probably would not go to pharmacy school again if they could do it over, right? Now, that is a small, that 
I want to say that's the, you know, the community pharmacists. Maybe they would want to do something different, but there's some that would say, I might not go to pharmacy school knowing what, what I know now. I'm super different. If I were, like, I would kill right now to be in your guys' position because, like, and I just got chills thinking about it because it's, it's what's coming is, is going to be awesome, right? And that's what I'm here to talk to you guys about today. Um, it's a lot of things that's going to be exciting to talk about. And, and the reason, why, I'll, I'll actually go over to the reasons why, you know, people are feeling negatively about, about the industry. If you're in school right now, you're getting kind of forced down your throat that you need to do a, a residency. Does everyone know what a residency is? Right? So a lot of schools are pushing residencies and they're saying that you got to do this. This is where everyone's doing it, this and that. But there's only a X amount of residencies available. Right. So that means you have to compete. So that means there's a lot of pressure and stress that comes along with that. It sucks. Right. Um, I was super passionate about community, so I did not do residency. It just didn't make sense at the time. But if I went back to school, I would probably consider it now because of um, kind of what I'm seeing. In it, and I want to say it, it might make it a little bit easier to do certain things if uh, depending on how you want to have your impact on pharmacy. So now if you don't get that residency, what's going to happen is you're going to end up um, probably in, in either a community pharmacy setting or you're going to be working like a staff pharmacist somewhere. And in those positions, and especially in the community, all you're hearing is talk about like Amazon is coming and they're cutting hours and things like that. So it's just, it's just a tough situation um, from like a, on like a whole, as a whole, right? Amazon coming into the picture is gonna be some crazy stuff and, and we're gonna dive into that as well as, as to why that's, that's gonna be important. So pioneers, right? It's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Who knows when the first PharmD degree was given out. Anybody? All right. It's 1950, right? That was when the first, well, 1950 was when the first uh, PharmD uh, program was created. So assuming four years later, 1954 was when the, uh, 1954 was when the uh, first, probably likely the first PharmD was given out. Who could guess when the first medical MD license was given out? 1970? <laughs> it's solid. 1940. 1703. That was when the first documented, uh, the first documented medical license was given out. That's about 250, 200. I don't know my math. 270 years or so, right? That the medical field has an advantage over over like the the clinically practicing pharmacist, and. We are, that's why the, the, the term pioneers, I mentioned that in the slide. Right now, every pharmacist that comes out into the world is a pioneer of what it's going to be like for the next hundred years, right? We're so early in our development as pharmacists. Earlier in the century, there was, uh, of the 1900s, they were called druggists. They were like mixing like potions and like crap like that. Like they were just do, like mixing, making stuff, right? Now it's turned into, okay, um, everything's already made. The production, the technology is there. The, the medications are prepackaged and we just kind of hand them to the patient and perform clin clinical services at the pharmacy. What's moving though, where it's moving towards is, and there's, this is already happening, it's just not at scale yet, but the thing where I hand someone their medication after filling it, that's gonna be, people are gonna be like, wow, I can't believe we used to count the pills. Like that's gonna be such a thing in the past because there's robots that are gonna be right behind the pharmacist or pharmacy technician that's gonna have done all that with the push of a button, right? So it's gonna be drastically changing when, once that really starts coming at scale. The pharmacy I work at, we have our medications filled by a robot and delivered the next day if we know they're gonna need it. If it's like a repeat medication, like if they're taking it for blood pressure and things like that. You know, the antibiotics and things like that will still fill at the local, at the local pharmacy. 
but the the industry is going to be changing a lot and i think there's going to be a time where especially when amazon comes in or e even if it's some other pharmacy or some other company that just comes in and just really innovates and does something there's going to be a time that you're going to get a prescription someone's going to get a prescription and within two hours the right medication for the right patient at the best price is going to be at that patient's doorstep within two hours right probably had and had nothing to do in terms of the filling part of it with a pharmacy technician or even a pharmacist so what is that gonna what is that gonna do, right? That's gonna free up and that's gonna open really wide open the possibilities for pharmacists to have an impact in other ways. The pharmacist is always gonna be needed. The medications are still gonna be given out, people are still gonna be taking medications, it's still gonna be super complex. The pharmacist is always gonna be needed. It's just gonna be kind of like up to us to figure out how we're gonna fill those gaps and what we're gonna do since we're not gonna be counting the pills anymore. Right? And this is mostly talking about the community setting. Who wants to tell me what the next slide is? Yes. We're going to have personal pharmacists. Okay. So the company I created, um, Medvise, it's it's pretty much a blueprint of what I think is going to be the future of the community pharmacist. And I think there's going to be a time where if you have to take a medication, if you get a prescription, that prescription is going to you're going to immediately think about what does your personal pharmacist think about this. And the reason that is, is because filling medications, as I just said, with technology coming to place, it's gonna be a commodity. It's like buying bread, right? You know the brand of bread you want, right? When you go to buy it, you don't care where it's from. You don't care if you go to Publix or CVS or whatever. If, that, if you know that that bread is there at a good price, you're gonna to go to it. It doesn't matter where it's coming from. And I think that that's gonna be very similar to medications. But the important thing in that, in that step is gonna be the, your, your relationship with that pharmacist. And I think that pharmacy is gonna have no connection to a pharmacy and is gonna just be the, the way to make sure that the medication that you're getting is convenient for you, it's affordable, it's safe, and it's effective. So that pharmacist, that's gonna be their sole role, not figuring out you know, how they're gonna package the medication, which supplier they're getting from. They're just gonna make sure they know exactly that you're taking the right medication for you. And that's the concept of the personal pharmacist. And I think just like how we have personal trainers now, just as how you go to a tax accountant for your taxes, I think it's gonna be the same thing. You're gonna be able to go to an individual practice for, you know, that's just gonna be a pharmacist there taking care of your specific needs. And that's just one avenue that I think is like gonna be the, what's gonna open up for, for pharmacists that are very passionate about people and passionate about building relationships with people. So um, what's, the next, uh, what's the next slide on there? We're, now we're going into exactly where pharmacists are gonna start seeing like other roles um, that's a little bit more unconventional. So anyone heard of what MTM is? So MTM is like a buzzword right now in pharmacy and it stands for medication therapy management. So you'll, you'll learn extensively what that'll be like when you're in pharmacy school. They even have certifications for it and things like that. Medication therapy management is basically what I just spoke about the personal pharmacist does, you know, reviews medications, making sure it's right for the patient, um, makes interventions. But the consultant part of it, I see that a, I one day envision a physician's office, right, that has a bunch of patients that they're seeing will need to obviously prescribe medications for a patient but physicians are so they're so bogged down with the with trying to like do coding and billing and documentation things like that they don't have time to really figure out what is going to be the best medication for their patient they just know what the guidelines are and what the first option is for treatment right because guidelines have step one if that doesn't work step two it doesn't work step three sometimes you need to go straight to step three but usually only a pharmacist is is the one that like will be able to have the time to spend with that patient to figure that out right 
So I envision a time that there's gonna be a pharmacist either working for a, a, a group of physicians or working at every physician's office to make sure that medications are, are properly being prescribed for patients and then also handling any sort of discrepancies between the pharmacy that that medication is gonna come from. And that's not like a thing that's like a you know, futuristic thing, that is happening right now. There's pharmacists right now that are employed by um, physician practices that are doing that. It's just not at scale and it's just no one really knows about it, right? It's all pilots and things like that, but it is happening. So, anyone ever heard the term machine learning? You know what it is? You heard it before? So, anyone heard of Alexa? Okay. So, the processes of Alexa and the back end of how all those, like Alexa basically works, is called, they're calling it machine learning. And they're calling it because it's software, it's computer systems that basically uh, take inputs of what you what you give it and try to remember it and help you and help give you the best answers based on what inputs you gave it before right so it's going to be in everything that you do it's already in siri it's you know google home just came out one apple pod is coming the crazy thing though and what's really exciting about it is we're at the beginning of it this christmas that just passed was like the first time people were getting it as gifts right the first time but there's gonna be a time where they're all, it's gonna be in, in, in your car, it's, you're gonna have one in your bathroom, you're gonna have one at the pharmacy. Like the other day I used Siri, I needed to do like a quick calculation, I was super busy, I was like, hey, what's this divided by that, whatever. And it just told me, right? It's gonna be in everything. But what's crazy to think about it though is that it's gonna start taking care of some of the mundane things that community pharmacists do. So at a community pharmacy, we get a lot of questions that are just like, hey, what can I take for my allergies, right? It's something that they could simply Google, but they find it more efficient to ask the pharmacist or who are or probably the technician, because I don't know that's not a pharmacist, right? So they'll ask someone at the pharmacy, what do I take for my allergies? Super easy to question usually, right? What's gonna happen is, is these mundane tasks, you can program Alexa using machine learning to take care of that for us. So there might be a time one day that you'll walk into a pharmacy and there'll be like a little kiosk or whatever, and it might look all super fancy, but it's basically gonna be an Alexa, right? Talking to you, answering your questions, um, given that they're simple. Because what can I take from allergies can be extremely simple. If it gets complicated, that's when the pharmacist will probably wanna you know, step in and things like that. But where does pharmacists fit in here, right? Because everyone's really scared about this type of thing coming. Oh, it's gonna take our jobs and da da da. Your ability to be a great pharmacist in any setting, both community, hospital, anywhere you practice, is gonna be about being able to deliver information in layman's terms. You have to be extremely good at that. And also being able to know how to ask the right questions. So what, that's actually a perfect mix for designing the programming in machine learning. So I do think that there's gonna be a time where there's gonna be certain companies that are gonna have positions that are gonna actually have need clinical, like clinical healthcare professionals designing these experiences for people. It doesn't exist right now. It's not like a thing where it's like there's an official role, but I just see that as an amazing opportunity for pharmacists to fill in that space because of our ability to um, say things in layman's terms, to program that, to tell them the right answer, how to tell them the right answer, but also know, wait, maybe we should ask a couple more questions before we recommend something, right? So we're doing that now, and I just think that we're gonna be able to do that in machine learning as well. And I just think that pharmacists are gonna be in a prime, prime spot to do that. So I'm currently working on a, um, on a skill. So apps in Alexa is called Alexa Skills. 
So I'm currently working on a skill right now that can handle these basic over-the-counter questions to be able to have someone enable, you know, Medvising, say, hey, ask Medvise, you know, how do I treat a burn? And then I would have in there programmed the answer or more questions if it's a little bit more serious. Uh, a lot of the things that I'm doing is just kind of prototypes of what I think is going to be at scale. But I do think that that's going to be something that if you're interested in, I think you can, that can be a future, a future for you. All right. Who's heard of Bitcoin? Bitcoin? Okay. Who's heard of blockchain other than what you just heard right now? Heard of blockchain? A little bit? No blockchain is okay. This is this is awesome. All right, I'm excited. All right, so so Bitcoin is actually like an app, right? Think of it that way. Bitcoin is like an app, actually, whereas the technology behind it is like the iPhone, right? So Bitcoin is actually used or created using a technology what's called blockchain. So I'm going to try to explain to the best of my ability what exactly blockchain is, and then tie in how pharmacists are going to be able to to relate here. So the reason why blockchain, the reason why Bitcoin is even a thing, the reason why you've seen it in the news or it's becoming a thing right now is because it's completely transforming how we store data, right? Data, data, whoever says it, whatever, however you say it, right? It's completely transforming that. And the way it's doing that is because think about a word, this would be a bunch of analogies. Think about a word file, right? You're on your computer and you have a presentation you got to do or you have to write a paper and you have a word file. You save that word file on your computer, right? Everybody with me here? That Word file is saved only on your computer. Now, you could have put it in a Google Drive or whatever, or you could put it on your USB like to travel with it or whatever. But at the end of the day, that was saved on that one computer. right? What blockchain does is it tries to make that file much more secure than um, in, in, in contrast to being accessible, they're trying to make it more secure, whereas the cloud doesn't really make things more secure. Like if you put it on a Google Drive, it just makes it able, able to, accept, to access it easier. But it's still stored on that Google Drive or whatever. What blockchain is, is basically, imagine saving a Word file when you're typing it. Imagine once you hit that save button, it instantly gets saved on a thousand other computers, the original document. That's the difference of blockchain and data storage versus current data storage. Did that confuse anyone? Because this is super confusing. So I want to make sure that like you guys understand it, at least in like how I'm trying to explain. Does everyone kind of get that? So you say instead of usually the way we normally store data is you save it in one place, it gets saved there. Yeah, you could put it on a cloud, it's saved in one spot. The difference is, is now instead of being saved in one spot, it's now saved across a thousand computers. I just it's just a random number I threw out, but it's just a lot of it's usually more than that, but it's just a number I threw out. So the reason why that's important is, is because security, right? If I, if I, so right now, if you have a Word file and you lose your hard drive or it gets damaged or whatever, that file is gone, unless you put it in the drive or whatever, but that file is usually gone. But if, or if I hack into it, which is, the, which is like the real big thing, if I hack into your computer, whether it was in the drive, it was in the cloud or it was wherever it was, if I hack and I change your presentation and I delete a paragraph, that paragraph is gone, right? If that person hit save. But the difference is, is that if it's on a blockchain, right, you would have to hack those thousand computers and change every single one of those for there to be a change, right? So if you, if right now, if I put my Word document on that blockchain and someone hacks into my computer, it'll be changed on that one computer, but there'll be 999 verifications that's saying that actually, no, it's not the right file. This is the right file. 
And that sort of technology, when it gets scaled, is where Bitcoin comes into play and is where it starts coming into healthcare. So the reason why it starts getting important into healthcare is because now there's two really big issues that people are trying to solve using blockchain, while there's another 10 that I won't really get into because it just, it's just so much, but the two big things that blockchain has an impact on in healthcare is electronic health records and also the drug supply chain. So first I'll talk about the drug supply chain. Being able to effectively track and accurately track drugs is a way to prevent loss and prevent um, fraud, right? Because there's a big issue, especially across the country of like fraud medicines being delivered, things like that. Once put on the blockchain, you kind of, you kind of eliminate the possibilities or you at least minimize as much as possible loss and fraud. Electronic health records is the other thing where it's like the security of that isn't going to be important because you don't want someone to go in there and all of a sudden change some part of your, your health record if it gets hacked. But then also the ability to accurately translate it across the healthcare system is what blockchain can also enable. So, yes, you have a question. That's what I'm talking about. So, yes, this is even better. All right, cool. <laughs> So um, when a physician, if a physician decides to take on um, a company that's created healthcare records on the blockchain, uh, if a physician wants to take that on, once they enter in, they, they measure your blood pressure, they measure whatever, they prescribe you a medication, that'll be stored uh, across a thousand computers, not just one. So if something happens to that, um, if something happens to that computer or that system or it's crashed, it's done. So there's been hospitals now that have been threatened actually um, by hackers because hackers would basically tap into their system, freeze everything, and then ba basically demand ransom for you to be able to get your health, health records back, right? So blockchain would be a way to basically secure that, right? So there's been hospitals that have had to, like literally it's happened in the last couple of years, hospitals have had to revert to paper for like temporarily because they couldn't access anything because they didn't pay some ransom. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So that actually happened like in real life, which is crazy um, and terrifying, right? Like imagine. <laughs> um, what's the second question? Yeah. 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 Attackers basically. I mean, that's, um, that's what it, what it ensures against. And um, the other cool thing about it, and this is a project that I'm working on also, uh, it's called Project Copay. And it's basically a, um, a way to represent healthcare dollars saved with preventative services by creating a currency. So what does, that, what does that mean? So if I see someone, a patient tomorrow and they have asthma and I found a way to save them an emergency doctor's visit, that's possibly $10,000 like $10, that I saved healthcare spending, right? But that do those dollars are usually just either saved because it wasn't taken on as debt from the patient to pay for it or it goes on a profit and loss sheet in an insurance company because they didn't have to spend that money, they could spend on something else. But let's take a percentage of that and let's give that benefit to the provider providing those services and to the patient. So let's say it's $5,000, but let's say it's called tokens, right? So because they, they did that service, they should get five, uh, 5,000 tokens should be awarded where the patient gets 250 and the provider gets 250 and it's a way to incentivize that interaction. So if I can incentivize the fact that that patient came and saw me, 
um, she or he benefited from it with tokens, I benefited from it. It's just a way to create an incentivized uh, ecosystem. Whereas usually now it's just you just pay, the patient has to pay and then hope for the best, right? So, um, but the, the, the reason that could be created is on blockchain using these types of currencies, um, currency blockchain technology. So blockchain, if you think about it, Bitcoin, it came out of nowhere, right? It's just people was like, well, how do you just create money, right? But if you think about it, you go back to what currency is. Currency is just, it used to be rice. It used to be wheat. Like the paper thing is something new technically, right? In the terms of like civilization. Um, and it's currently even not even backed by anything where it used to be backed by gold. So, um, and now it's like people are inflating money into the supply, devaluing it, all kinds of issues. But with Bitcoin, it's, there's only 21 million Bitcoins created, which creates a limited supply of it. And then because it comes with so many benefits like security, um, low transaction fees in terms of using payments, it, it's then created as, it's then considered as value. So now you have a way to securely transfer value and that's how Bitcoin became like a thing, right? That's, a, that's like a, did not really mean to go into that today, but ended up going that way. So that's like why Bitcoin is like a thing. Um, so pharmacists can now, pharmacists I think at some point will need to know exactly how, you know, these technologies work because we're gonna be able to, to uh, have a, a say in how the, some of the electronic health records are managed or designed or what needs to go into them and things like that. So that's just like another role that I see um, in terms of blockchain and even, and also, you know, there's pharmacists involved in drug supply and things like that at some of the distrib distribution centers at pharmacies. So it's just another opportunity where you can be passionate about something and take all your skills as a pharmacist and apply it in another way. To wrap up, I am super excited for what the future of pharmacy is going to be like um, because of in addition, and this is only a couple things I talked about. This isn't it. Like, this isn't like, this is all you got and that's it. There's like 10 other very large areas that probably haven't even been explored yet or is starting to be, be explored about where pharmacists can have an impact beyond being in the community setting, beyond being at a hospital. So I really just wanted to come and just let you guys know that even when you get to school, it's going to be hard. It's going to suck. You're going to hear a lot of stuff. You're going to hear a lot of, you have to do this, you have to do that. Um, do what's best for you. Think about it. Know that you're not limited to anything, right? Um, you can literally do having a, a farm D gives you so much leverage. It's ridiculous. Even if you, especially even if you leave like, like the quote unquote healthcare, like circles, being that you're a pharmacist comes with incredible leverage, um, with, uh, with other industries and you, you can utilize that to your benefit, right? And to your career. So just know that it's going to, you're going to get a lot of headwind on the journey but it's going to be worth if you're passionate about it right like you have to like this like you have to like pharmacy be bought in because if you're just looking for something where you just want to like just make money and have a career you're going to be miserable i guarantee you because you're going to end up working at a cvs or a walgreens and it's going to suck right so if you're if you're in a position where you just kind of want a, a stable career and you just want to make money this might not be the best thing for you because it's getting competitive because of what i spoke about earlier um and it's going to be hard but it's awesome. So with that, thank you for your time. Appreciate it. All right, so we have some time. So I'd like to uh, go heavy into any sort of questions, whether it be what I talked about or completely different, I don't care. I'd like to help out as much as I can. Um, I'm gonna point this at you, it's just the microphone's on the camera. Okay. Um, <laughs> just so you hear. 
<laughs> Do you think um, all of these technological advances can help resolve or detect issues like the opioid crisis or help in any way? Yeah, so the way that that would probably happen is um, there's technologies, uh, especially in blockchain, that uh, data, um, so another, another avenue of blockchain is going to be data collection of patient uh, demographics and things. So people are going to start looking at very large scales of, date, of data um, from like physician offices or from pharmacies or whatever, and they're going to start designing ways, which would be another opportunity, actually it's a brilliant idea, it just came to me. A good idea for a pharmacist would be to see if you can analyze data and see if you can pick up on trends of where there was a problem with opioid issues. So I do think that being able to see the data in real time and um, accurately, right, so it's not falsified data because of the security, would be another avenue that pharmacists can play a role. So I definitely think that that could be a thing. Do you have a question, sir? I'm just kidding. <laughs> just come in and hang out. <laughs> yeah. So you started like two different companies, right? Yes, kind of. It's like four. Yes. Um, I don't for me because I would much rather learn by doing than by going more into debt because that might be what that would be. You'd probably go into a little bit more debt than you already be in um, where you could have spent that time actually building an actual business, letting it fail, whatever, doesn't matter. But the learning that you got from that would be extremely valuable and probably worth not taking on the debt. That's me personally. Some people don't have debt. Some people don't have, some people might have it paid for, whether it's a scholarship. Some people would much, much, much feel more comfortable going to the class, learning everything they can, and then going out into the field. But um, for me personally, and I did not do it, so that's another thing, um, I wouldn't do it. Start great businesses without having an MBA, so it's not necessary. Yeah. 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 Do both. Yeah. That's another thing too. It's hard. Pharmacy school itself is really tough. Like, you're not gonna have a lot of time to do other things, and and if you do end up doing that, you're not gonna have like any sort of regular life really. Already not having a regular life in pharmacy school, if you try to take on another, it's going to be tough, especially if you're going to compete for a residency or something. You have to be involved on campus. You have to have good grades, and um, it's going to be rough. One thing I didn't mention, and I do want to throw in real quick, is that um, I want to – you have to start taking into consideration the, the current state of, of um, social media. And what I mean by that, everyone – right now, probably in this room, is on some form of social media. Whether it be Instagram, whether it be Facebook, you're on social media, YouTube, social media. Everything that you, when you pull out your phone and you're on something that's not Safari or like Google Chrome, you're on social media. And the reason that's important is, is because at some point you're all gonna be looked at as a brand on social media. And possibly, I don't, I don't know if it's gonna be judged or possibly critiqued or possibly taken like advice from and you want to know that it's going to be important in five to ten years that you have a presence of a professional pharmacist, of an amazing pharmacist, right? So um, that is, a, I have a talk on Facebook. If you go to the Facebook page, I have a whole talk on the importance of social media and connecting with other healthcare professionals. So I'm not going to go into that now, but I would implore you guys to listen to that talk as well because I think it's really important. So um, what else? Who's, who else got, has questions? Um, for like the ones I started or 
currently yeah what was the one you about i worked for target pharmacy Yeah, so that's um, that's not I'm not actually employed by a company doing that, but I'm I'm working like as basically as a consultant to help design some of these experiences. But it's not actual like I'm not like employed where I have like taxes for it or anything in there. And like I'm being, like uh, honestly also most of what I'm doing right now is not like I'm not getting paid for that, right? I'm not like you know doing something to get paid for everything that I do outside of. I'm actually like I'm not being paid to be here or anything like that. This is me building brands. This is me building relationships with people. This is me building experiences. Um, when I'm doing these voice things, one day when there's like you're applying at Microsoft and the position is pharmacist needed, Alexa, you know, design skills, I might be able to apply for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, most of it is actually on social media. So um, a lot of a lot of the people that I meet, um, some of the opportunities I've actually gotten in terms of being able to work on some of these Alexa projects have been actually through like Twitter interactions. So it's actually everything, uh, me being here, it was on Instagram. Yeah. Like everything right now that I've been doing and learning about has all stemmed from social media, whether it be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, I've been getting a lot of stuff on LinkedIn done. Um, and then I then, maybe my google something you know if i hear or, or like i'm looking through twitter and I, something pops up like oh that's super interesting let me go google it um just google searches also just to learn more but in terms of the opportunities have almost 100 percent of them have all been on social media what other questions yeah a lab or like a pharmacy that they built but it's like a sample of what it would be like if there was a robot in it yeah when you went to the Orlando campus or like in, in your graduate, like was there, were you exposed to that at all? Like does UF have something like that that I could show you or? So UF to my knowledge only has like a mock pharmacy built, um, but I don't know if they've put like a robot or anything in there. Um, but I will say that the robot situation is gonna be huge. It's gonna replace, and this is, this really sucks to say, but I'm almost certain that every brick and mortar pharmacy will turn into a distribution center, not an actual pharmacy where people walk into. That's, that's what I really think is gonna happen. It might not be in five years or whatever, but I think at some point that's what it's gonna turn into because it, it doesn't make sense for me to count pills and put them in a bottle when a robot can do that a thousand times more efficient, less errors and, and, like, and more accurately, you know? So. It does, um, the professors are like, does the program at UF like like recognize that? So like, are they, are they not setting you up to be like a bunch of pill counters, but like they're recognizing that there's this potential thing that's about to rise, and like, so are they preparing you for that new AIDS possibly? To my knowledge, I don't think that um, I don't think they're preparing you for the tech the technology part of it enough. Um, whereas I'm hoping to one day be a part of that um, because I, I don't when I was in school I didn't learn anything about tech, anything. But what I do think that they're preparing you for is to be a good pharmacist, clinically, right? Um, with relationships, knowing what you need to know to be a pharmacist. But the tech part of it, um, I don't think, at least UF is there, to my knowledge, but there are other schools um, that I've met also on social media, that I've met professors that are doing, they're leading classes that are involving talking about blockchain, talking about Alexa, machine learning, and things like that. Um, but to my knowledge, and I've been out of school, I graduated in 2014, 
and I have not reviewed their curriculum or anything like that. But when I was there and to my knowledge of what I see on social media, there's not that like availability per se. So good questions though. Hundred percent, and marketing possibly, and and but I wouldn't I wouldn't like go into debt for it, but I would like I, if you can do it and you're gonna do something else like instead of taking an art class, I would take a tech or a marketing class, because everything that I've gone into after school, and um, whether it be with businesses or even if you're working for someone, you still need to understand the basics of marketing, um, whether it be for technology, the new technology that you're designing, or whether it be for services like clinical services that you're providing. So that's a really good question, though. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I'm. You might have missed it a little bit earlier. I think I. I spoke. No, it's okay. Um, I think that's going to be huge, and I think that's where the future is going to come. Um, I spoke about Amazon coming into uh, the space and basically destroying everything. Look at Airbnb, right? Look at Uber. Those two companies are the biggest companies in their sectors. Airbnb does not own a single hotel and Uber does not own a single car, except for their driving car, their self-driving self cars, whatever, that's a different story though. Normally, they don't own any cars, right? I envision a time, and this is what I would hope to eventually build for myself, that I would possibly be able to actually have one of the biggest pharmacies in the nation while not actually owning a single pharmacy. Does that make sense? <laughs> so what would happen is, I would be your pharmacist, where you have a super good relationship because you know that I'm the most trusted individual that you know because of social media and pharmacy. When you need a prescription, you would go to your doctor, everything normal, but when you get that prescription, you'd be like, hey, uh, Dr. Waith, I have a prescription. Um, perfect, let me see it, let's review it, da -da -da, talk about it, educate you about it. You wanna take it still? Perfect, I have that delivered to your door in two hours. And I had nothing to do with like the distribution, nothing to do with like counting pills, that to me is the future might not be next year it might not be when you graduate but i guarantee you that it's going to be probably in our lifetime and that's what i'm trying to prepare for now and that's what i want all you guys to prepare for because that's what it's going to be like if you're passionate about community pharmacy right that's that's my niche that's what i love that's why i did pharmacy was because i wanted to be out in the community helping people with their asthma helping people with diabetes blood pressure there's a whole other world of pharmacy that's um, critical care, oncology, those kinds of things where it's also well needed. And the future, that's also going to get disrupted, but maybe a little bit less by, you know, Amazon. Although Amazon did just announce that they're going to start supplying to um, being like a medical supply distribution place for hospitals. Um, but that's mostly disrupting more so the other distribution companies, not necessarily the pharmacists. So... Yes. Yeah, so I mean, depending on what it's like, so if, if it's on the blockchain or, and I'm in that same system, right, then I would instantly have the, all the access of what the visit just happened. Or if I was employed by that physician or I was referred by that physician, all of that usually would come with um, the medical information needed to make a decision. And it's crazy now, think about it. I make decisions in, in medicine and I have zero of their medical history technically. All I can usually see is what medications they get at my pharmacy. And I have to make all other kinds of decisions. So imagine when it comes to scale, 
where I have an easy, super easy access to your entire like history of your life, basically, in terms of medical history. So. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Please leave me a comment on Instagram or on iTunes. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Any feedback is going to be greatly appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, see you over the counter. Pharmacy.